What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. And for the seventh time this season, we are coming off of a Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss. Once again, the Bucks fall back below 500, a 35-7 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk about everything that went wrong out in Santa Clara this past weekend, as well as preview this coming weekend at home against the Cincinnati Bengals and look forward to the final stretch of the season. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Bucks Nation is on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and online at BucksNation.com. Check them out on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as I said at the top, this is Downey and Martez. The Martez half of this dynamic duo is also here. You can follow him on Twitter at Lmart810. He's the one. He's the only Lynn Martez. What's up, man? I don't know what's chillier. The little chill December chill in Tampa. Or the Advent Health Training Center inside that building. All right, Lynn. Let's 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 last last week towards the end of the podcast. I said we were we were breaking down the game. I said, can the Bucks win on? on Sunday. Your response to me was hell no. Not even just a no. Even with that response, did you expect it to be as bad as it ended up being in San Fran? Well, I didn't expect them to go down 35 to nothing and score a meaningless touchdown at the end of the second half. <laughs> I didn't expect it to look that bad, no. But I didn't expect them to I didn't I didn't expect the game to be competitive. I mean, I, I figured maybe two touchdowns, loss. But forget the fact that they lost by 28 points. I said it when they lost to Cleveland. It's how they look, man. It is how they look. Like, there's not a part of the game that you can hang your hat on. That's the issue. Like, you can't say, well, the running game was good and, you know, there's things lacking in the passing game. Oh, the passing game's great. You know, yeah, we know they're averaging 80 games, or 80 yards rushing, or 75 yards rushing, but the passing game's solid. Or you can say, well, you know, they stopped the run pretty well, but they're giving up passes in the secondary. Or... <laughs> <laughs> They're not stopping the run, but the secondary is solid. Where are you hanging your hat? Okay, Santa Claus? Where are you hanging your hat? There's no place to hang your hat on when it comes to the Buccaneers currently, right now. There's nothing to hang your hat on in terms of the positive. I'll agree with you on that. But my next question is, what is the most troubling thing about how they look right now? Like, what is... What worries you the most for the rest stretch of this season? Like, what's going to be the reason why they don't even win the division if there's that doesn't no happen? There's no one reason, dude. I just told you. I just told you. No, I said there's nothing positive, but is there some? Is you is said there there's some... nothing positive? I gave you four. I gave you four parts of the game 
Offensively, defensively. <laughs> you only got two. You only got two on each side, dude. Okay. You only got. You only got passing. You only got one in the ball. You only got stopping the run and stopping the pass. That's four things. Okay. They're not There's doing nothing. any of them right now against quality football teams. Oh, they stopped the run against the Saints. The Saints suck. Oh, they stopped the pass against the Saints. The Saints suck. Okay. Oh, you know they they didn't really give up a whole lot of yards against Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's not very damn good either. All right. <laughs> now you got to play quality teams back to back weeks, including a game here on Sunday. All right. Good luck with that when you're playing arguably the second best team in the AFC, if not the third best team in the AFC, who's on a five game winning streak. Yeah, maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now. Yeah, good luck with that. All right. I'm gonna. I'll, what you? What are you bringing to Sunday's game? Well, when I say you, I don't mean you, Downey. I'm talking about as far as the Bucks are concerned. What are you bringing to Sunday's game that says? Mm, because you're gonna ask me again. Hey, Lang, did, did the Bucks have a chance on Sunday? And I'm gonna tell you hell no again. Why? Because they're not bringing anything to Sunday's game that says to me, hey, they can win. I'm going to ask you in a little bit when we get into previewing that game, they might have some players back from injury, so maybe that's what they're bringing. Yeah. But before I get to that, yeah. looking back. Because those players are just coming back from, from, uh, from injury and didn't play the first, the first 12 games or 13 games of the season. <laughs> Man, they've been playing all day going year. So I'm going to ask you, though, we've talked about the offense, and you've talked about how vanilla and blah, this play calling has been all season long. An interesting nugget came out after the game on this weekend. I believe it was Mike Silver and a column that column that he wrote had an interesting nugget in there that we hadn't seen all season, and that's that Tom Brady holds separate meetings on Saturdays with the skill position players on this football team and tweaks the game plan to the point that when we go into Sundays, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich are waiting to see what these tweaks are that Tom Brady has made. Who is that a bigger, is is that to me, that's a huge indictment on the coaching staff that you're going into Sunday and you're not even fully knowing what the game plan? What, what is going on with with that whole story there? All right, first off, it's not just a story. It's it's Mike Silver. You, you're gonna ID the guy. ID him correctly. All right, he writes for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's a he's a longtime NFL uh, columnist. He's worked for Sports Illustrated. He he's he's I believe he was with NFL Network for a while as he's, well. He's well respected in this business. All right, and folks might say. Oh, you know, it's just, just trying to get clicks, clicks. No, <laughs> okay. Mike Silver's been doing this long before clicks and clickbait and all that, that that sells these days. That's number one. As far as making sense of this, it depends on who you want to listen to. If you want to listen to Byron Leftwich and his story or his explanation in regards to the meetings, Oh, this is something that's been happening since Jameis was here playing quarterback. All right. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much his explanation in regards to the quarterback and the school position players and having ownership. All right. That's my word. Ownership in regards to taking taking the game plan and tweaking it to what works for them. Here's the thing. 
And they can talk about, when I say they, I mean the coaching staff, the Bucks coaching staff, can talk about the fact that this is something that they want the players to be involved with. But it's very rare. I've never heard it. It's very rare to have that be the final thing and the final say in regards to how things are going to go. Meaning players have input. Coaches come along and have their input. And the end of it, the end, the end result is what the coaches decide with the players' input, not the other way around. That's what's going on here if you believe what Mike Silver wrote in regards to the coaches' <laughs> game plan. And then Tom on Saturday night tweaks it. That's not the NFL, dude. The NFL is the other way around. Again, players all over the league may have input on what goes on. But again, it gets to the coaches and the coaches decide how things are going to go. Not a player. And it's so weird. It's so weird that part of that was that like, it's not like Tom has a meeting with Byron Sunday before the game or Todd on Sunday before the game. Like it explicitly said that Bowles and Leftwich are basically left waiting to see what those tweaks are once the game starts. Like, that's the weirdest part to me. Like, meeting and tweaks from Tom Brady, fine. He should probably have that power and that autonomy to to do that. But I agree with you on the fact that coaches should have the final say. But the fact that that story said that they don't even know what they are going into the game, like, that's, that's so weird to me. Again, that's rare. That's not what happens in the NFL. That's, that's, you can talk about a six-time Super Bowl winning head coach in New England, won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator with the New York Giants. You can talk about Bill Belichick and the rings that he has. <laughs> I can say the fact that, yeah, you shouldn't be comparing Belichick to other coaches in the league, at least those who haven't won Super Bowls. But ultimately, just think in terms of this. Who do you think has the final say? (laughs) The 20 years that Belichick and Brady were together. It wasn't Tom Brady. God bless the GOAT, but he didn't have final say in New England. Final say went to, again, the head coach that won six Super Bowls with that same quarterback. As great as he is, and he may be the GOAT, he wasn't telling Bill Belichick how that offense was going to run. Because of this story, does more heat belong on Byron Leftwich and the rest of the coaching staff for allowing this to happen? Or should more blame go on to Tom for how the play calling has been this season and how bland it's been and how it's been criticized all year. Oh, no. Listen. You want to point fingers? I said it. Fingers. Everybody deserves blame. Everyone deserves blame. For one, relationships, man, whether it's work, significant other, whatever the relationship is, (laughs) 
This old man <laughs> has learned whoever you're involved with will only do what you let them do. <laughs> okay? That's the bottom line. So when people want to say it's Tom's fault, no, because the coaches who supposedly run this football team allow that to happen. And as far as, again, not saying Tom's not to blame. Oh, yeah, he's to blame, too. You want to know why? Because this team looks the way it does. And if he's the guy that has the final say in regards to what this team does on a Sunday or whatever day of the week they're playing, it doesn't look very good. The only thing that I will say that gets whomever you want to kind of give uh, a little leeway to is the fact that this team, when it comes to health-wise, has had their issues staying healthy along the offensive line. That's the only thing. But as far as blame is concerned, you want to single out, you know, one particular area or one particular person or one particular group? Nah, dude. No. You blame the coaches who allow that relationship to be that way, and then you blame the, the, the quarterback that says the final say is his, and this team looks the way it does. I completely agree with you. I think that more more blame, more of the blame should go to Tom if he is in charge of as much as the play calling as we would, as we have been made to believe at this point. But blame also, more blame shifts to Byron and Bowles for allowing this to happen. Here's the thing. And, I'll tell you this much. All right. If this team was, you know, even nine and four, Okay, then you can, from a relationship standpoint, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll say it again. No matter what the relationship is, work, significant other, whatever it is, friendships, whatever it is, you are willing, you are willing to deal with some things as long as everything is gravy. Like if, Hey, you want to pay me a certain amount of salary and then you want to have me come in on a Saturday or a Sunday? I'm all for it. You're paying me, right? You're paying me. I'm coming in, right? Well, if you're involved in a relationship, all right? <laughs> I love how whenever you talk about relationships, you just start laughing. Because <laughs> I start thinking about mine. Um, so... You're in a relationship, right? You're with a significant other, all right? And look, man, she's cooking. She's throwing it down for you. And then she hits you with, <laughs> we got to go see <laughs> my parents this weekend. You're like, man, I just chowed down. She, <laughs> you know what I mean? Away to the man's heart, through his stomach, feeling good. She's ready to give you a massage. And then she breaks it, she breaks it with, we're going to see my parents this weekend. And then at that standpoint, you're like, you're like butter. You melted. You're like, okay, let's go see your parents. Boom. You're willing to put up with that kind of stuff as long as everything else is good. All right. The Bucks would be willing. Bucks Nation. We are the nation of domination. Bucks Nation would be willing to put up with. You having your head co uh, uh, a head coach that decides, I'm going to let the quarterback have the final say on everything. 
you'd be willing to put up with it if they were nine and four. And you'd be okay with Tom Brady having the final say if they were nine and four. They ain't nine and four. They're six and seven. And you know what? <laughs> that meal she cooked for you before she told you you were going to see the in-laws <laughs> weren't very good. I think I think there's in in this situation, there's someone who's disgruntled because that's how to me, that's why this story is even get getting out. Whether it's one of the skill position players who doesn't necessarily love what Tom's doing, or whether it's someone from the from the coaching staff who doesn't love as <laughs> the power that Tom has. Someone to me, it's not someone saying going out there and saying, look at how good Tom's meetings on Saturday nights are working. To me, someone doesn't like this. And that I, I don't have any inside info. This is speculation. But if you just read into it, like, why does this story get out if it's a if it's someone glowing about it? Because they're losing. <laughs> That's why. I just yeah. told you. If they were nine and four or even eight and five, and there wasn't the potential of losing the division to Desmond Ritter, <laughs> to Sam Donald. <laughs> that stuff wouldn't that stuff wouldn't matter. Everybody would be okay with it. Everybody would be like, hmm, is this the future in the NFL? Where where the quarterback on Saturday night decides, hmm, or what or hey, I, hey, you know what? I'll produce first take for you right now, ESPN. Boom. I'll do it for you, all right? Or get up. I'll produce get up for you, all right? I'll give you a segment. Here you go. If the Bucks were nine and four, you know what this next segment would be? Oh, it sounds like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, their head coaches, the coaching staff have figured out a way to better their football team and giving their quarterback Final say, Saturday night. Oh, next on Get Up, first take. We're going to talk to you and decide what other quarterbacks should have input on Saturday night. Boom, commercial. I don't know. If, if, if this team is 9-4, and four, I don't even think this story's out there. I think maybe it's something. Oh, no, it would be out there. But it would be, but it would be balloons, man. It would, yeah. it would be roses, you know. You mentioned you mentioned the Bucks in in late in danger of losing the division to Desmond Ritter or Sam Darnold. Before we break, close the show by breaking down the Bengals game, the two teams that the Bucks could lose the division to, they play them in the last two weeks of the season. Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers, who are coming off of a win over the Seahawks, the Falcons who have all of a sudden gone away from Marcus Mariota and are going who? to rook gone away from Marcus from, Mariota from who Marcus Mariota I'm just making that clear because somebody said <laughs> when the season started that the Falcons had the worst quarterback situation or one of the worst in, in the NFL and granted granted in a division where they're still near the top what have they done in week 14 they said bye-bye to who? Marcus Mariota. Thank you. Who, if you're if you're a Bucks fan and you're still concerned about winning the division and making the playoffs, which I know you aren't because you say it doesn't matter, but uh, who are you more worried about 
taking the division title away from the Buccaneers, Carolina or Atlanta? Neither one. I'm worried about the damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the sucky-ass Falcons or the sucky-ass damn Panthers. I'm worried about the Bucs. What I, what I got to worry about? What am I worried about them for? Those two teams shouldn't be near the top of the division. The only reason why they're there is because of the Bucs. Is it, is it Carolina just because of the way that they beat the Bucs the first time? You, you know what? Just to appease you, because <laughs> it's the holidays and I feel like being nice. I'll give you I'll give you a straight answer. All right. The fact that the Falcons have decided to go to Desmond Ritter at this standpoint. If they didn't draft that guy when they drafted him, I would think, man, this is a situation where they're just telling you we're not we're not trying to win any more games. I said that to you a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Saints and Andy Dalton, right? You asked me why they started Andy Dalton. I said, because they're not trying to win, <laughs> right? Now, if Devin Ritter wasn't a young quarterback, first year in the league, a rookie quarterback, I would tell you the same thing. The difference is they're in a situation where they're trying to find out what they have in Devin Ritter. So I don't think they're necessarily trying to lose, but they sure as hell ain't trying to win. And the thing about it, too, is even if they do end up losing, where are they going to be in the draft? Like, are you thinking they're going to be in the top 10? Because if they're not, if they're out the top 10, you know what they're not getting? Probably one of the better quarterbacks that are coming out of college. Because of, I mean, listen, and who, know, who knows what the, the this quarterback class even looks like? I mean, you've already seen Bucks fans on Twitter talking about the Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes in 2024. I mean, no, 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 I know. That's why I'm yeah. saying, like, if you look if you look ahead to 2024 and you've got Caleb Williams and you've got Drake May, both of those I think are better prospects than what you've got this year cuz you can say what you want about Bryce Young or Stroud, but Will Levis from Kentucky is also projected to be close to a top 10 quarterback, Anthony Richardson from Florida, a top 20 quarterback like it, it depends that, that's it's a matter of opinion on both those guys. That's number 1. Number 2 is my point is in regards is, is totally about the Falcons. Forget 2024. I'm talking in terms of the Falcons who, again, trying to find out if Ritter can play in this league, if they can, if they can give him all the reps, right, the next four games, give him all the reps, if you include last week, give him all the reps, give him everything that he needs in regards to the game plan, scheming, how he handles things during the week how he plays on Sunday. They need to find out if they have their guy for the future. They drafted him for a reason. You don't draft a guy in the top top three or four in regards to your own personal draft and not expect this guy to play, right? You want to go around the league and find, and find fourth-round picks that are starting for teams? There ain't very many, right? Dak Prescott. And I think that's where the list ends. Uh, everyone used to brag about Russell Wilson being a third-round pick and how he took the job from Matt Flynn. Okay, well, you have a guy in Desmond Ritter who the Falcons need to find out about and whether or not they need to go out and get another quarterback. That's their, that's their thinking. I say all of that because I don't think they're necessarily trying to lose football games. But if you're going to ask me who I – Fear more in regards to the Bucks losing the division. It's to the Panthers, because 
dude, you got a guy in Sam Donald that for whatever you want to talk about in regards to his talent level, he's been in the league a whole lot longer. And if that dude can't prepare better than Desmond Ritter to win football games this late in the season, then there's something wrong with Sam Donald. And the Panthers have a pretty good offensive line at this point in a good running game. So I, it's, it's hard for me to, to – I still think the Bucks win the division – Put that out there on on, on, yeah. I think that I think I that mean, the that's few... serious. Like, I mean, well, and I that's with, what, with everything I, that's going on, with everything that's going on, and with the way this team is look. I mean, all right, we'll see you in January. I think that I think I think that the future of this team and the coaching staff is predicated. I think they, I think for Bowles and Leftwich to be back, they have to win the division number one. And then number two, they can't get embarrassed on Wild Card Weekend. I think, I think if you have if you win the division and then you have a close loss on Wild Card Weekend, I still think the coaching staff will probably be back. If you get blown out on Wild Card Weekend, I think that they're gone. That's just that's my opinion. You're shaking your head. No, tell me why. Telling you, telling you no because you're talking about this. Let's say let let, let let's take your scenario. They go eight and they go eight and nine, win a division, and then the wild card weekend. It's a competitive game, but they lose. You think that secures Todd Bowles to come back next year? I'm not saying that I think that I think it should, but I think it will. And I'm telling you, like I just okay, you may, <laughs> I just said what you said. You think that secures his job? I do. And I'm telling you, you don't bump your head somewhere today. Because if this team finishes eight and nine and loses wild card weekend but looks respectful, you think he's back? Hell no, dude. No. And you know what? And you know what? I'm not not looking for anybody to lose their job. I mean, I I covered Todd well enough to know he's a decent guy, a good guy. People don't realize... When you talk to him in a setting like we did, as far as the media is concerned, he's pretty much keeping things close to the vest. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where his personality comes out and he jokes about things. Very rare. That's not the side that he shows most of. He shows most of the side that keeps things close to the vest. That was as a defensive coordinator. Now as a head coach of a football team that is, for lack of a better term, floundering the way they are right now, currently, he's a lot less jovial about things because he knows he could be one and done. And not only that, as as a Bucks fan, if you're a Bucks fan, Bucks Nation, we are the nation of domination. Dude, if they finish eight and nine and look respectful, as you say, in a wild card weekend, like I said, I'm not trying to get anyone fired, but no head coach, based off of what this team went through this past year, no head coach should be back. It would be very interesting because I think we're we're in a scenario where we could possibly have 
three head coaches one and done in the NFL this season. You could see Bowles go to the wayside, even though it would be really weird to do it two years in a row. You could see the Texans moving on from Lovey Smith after one year. And then you could see with how bad things have gone in Denver, them going ahead and moving on from Hackett as well. And it's been a long time before, like last year, it was a surprise when the Texans uh, parted ways with a coach after one year. It was a surprise when Steve Wilkes, who is the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and if they win that division, he's probably going to get that job, um, was let go from the Cardinals after one season. And we could possibly see three of them this season. Now let's talk about Sunday against Cincinnati. And you talked about winning the division doesn't necessarily matter. In terms of the scope of what the playoff seeding is going to be in the future of this team, the result of this game doesn't matter on Sunday for the Buccaneers. It honestly, the the game against Arizona doesn't even really matter either because you lost that game to San Fran. That puts seeding out the window. No matter what, your your chance of making the playoffs is winning the division and you're going to have the four seed. That period. There is no chance of the Bucs getting the three seed at this point. It's not going to happen after that loss after that loss to San Fran. Basically, the only two games left on the Bucs schedule that matter in terms of the playoffs are the last two games of the season against Carolina and at Atlanta the last week of the season. But after the way last weekend gone went, you gotta start to get a little bit of momentum. But I find it hard to believe that they're going to do that against this Cincinnati team, who I said earlier might be the hottest team in the NFL. Now, as I also mentioned, there are multiple players who could be coming back from injury, including three in the secondary, and Antoine Winfield, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Mike Edwards, as well as Tristan Wirfs. I'll ask you this, I'll ask you this, Lynn. Should Wirfs be risking it and coming back super early with the fact that I said that the outcome of this game doesn't super matter. Um, and then also I'll just go ahead and say, I think that the guys in the secondary are more important just because of the threat that the Cincinnati offense brings. If I was the bucks and I'm worse, I'm sitting him out at least, at least another week. I'm not rushing him back for a game like this. That's not going to impact any terms of playoff seating. All right, let's get the information correct. First, number one, Winfield and Worfs were limited today. It's Friday. Limited on a light day. They're questionable for the game. They're more than likely not going to play on Sunday. That's why they're questionable and were limited on a light day of practice. That's number one. Number two is when it comes to the players that potentially are not playing on Sunday, Jamel D is not playing on Sunday. He's out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you could talk about getting those secondary players back. I just mentioned two of them that are probably not going to be there. <laughs> so good luck with uh, Jamal Chase, T. Higgins, and, and Boyd on Sunday with Joe Burrow. That's number one. Number two is when it comes to worse, okay. You want them to rest another day? Rest another game? Fine. Rest them. Here's the thing that I that – I don't agree with in regards to you mentioning the last two games what matter most. Playoff-wise, you're absolutely correct. But when it comes to this team and this team's record, oh, hell no, dude. This team better not finish 8-9. I'm telling you again. I'll tell you again. This If this team finishes under 500, plays Wild Card Weekend, and gets bumped Wild Card Weekend, there's more than likely to have a press conference that following 
Monday, okay, or Tuesday, and we may see a new head coach in Tampa Bay. Again, that has nothing to do with the individual. It's about the situation and about this football team, all right? There could be a household of changes coming on this football team. You think Ty Bowles is going to survive, but Leftwich doesn't? No, dude. I think they're a package deal. Thank you very much. So then that means both of them are gone. So you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that if this team finishes eight and nine and looks respectful in the wild cold weekend, that both those guys are coming back? No, dude. No. And not, not to mention the fact that, think about this. All right. <laughs> the nation, Bucks Nation, we are the nation of domination for the third time today. It's already spoken. They already know. <laughs> 12, that dude, the GOAT, it's going to be somewhere else next year, which means who's going to be a quarterback? And, number two. Oh, that's fine. Number two. Hey, and you got to find out, just like the, the Falcons are getting ready to find out about Desmond Ritter, you're going to find out whether or not number two can play in this league and can prepare himself to play in this league and can take all the reps to prepare himself to play in this league. Because if not, guess what? <laughs> the Caleb Williams sweepstakes starts in 2023-2024. Let's call him the Drake May sweepstakes because ultimately I think he's the number one overall pick and the better prospect. Nobody out cares too. about what you think, Todd McShay. Wannabe. But that's another conversation yeah, for another day. Sudden, I just don't know why. Film. Is it just because he won the Heisman that everybody's, oh, no, Caleb Williams, no, oh, Caleb Williams. No, no, Is it just because more people no. watch USC play than North Carolina? No. Drake May's it. No. Drake May is that okay. dude. All right, all right. Well, you, you hold on to that. Because I got I, 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 I got receipts on all of the ones you messed up on. But you go right ahead. You go right ahead. But the only thing you can hang your hat on this season is the fact that my, my, my man got ran out of Carolina. That's about it. Because <laughs> she was wrong about Dion. <laughs> when we start bringing up the things she was wrong man, about. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be something if Carolina ends up making the playoffs? Then I can say I was right about that. You were still right about him. I mean, there's, there's, there's no take. All right, man. We will be back next week for a pre-Christmas edition. We'll talk about what happens to the Bucks on Sunday against the Bengals, and we'll preview a Christmas night game in Arizona against the Kyler Murray-less Arizona Cardinals. And speaking of another head coach who's probably going to get fired, uh, the one out there in Arizona as well. Until next week, check out BucksNation.com. On a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Len on Twitter at Elmar810. And as I said, until next week, this has been Downey and Martez.